Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God they do so that you can know and so that we can all kind of be informed on one of the things we're praying about RCC staff covering these prayer bowls kind of our vision this year is to see um, see God provide what we need for our staff to be healthy and to, to let our staff do the job that they, they need to do and see us expand in that way and so each week you know you guys get to hear from somebody who is we're all part-time in a lot of ways um, especially Bill <laughs> He's a man of dip, many different hats, helmets, um, devices that you wear on your head, coverings, amen. And so I want to say I'm thankful for Bill, first off, because he's amazing. It takes you about a, six months to get to understand him. And a lot of conversations where you look at him and say stuff and he doesn't say anything back. And then you start talking nervously. Who's done that when talking to Bill? <laughs> you're like, yeah, I just talked to you. Are you going to talk to me? Why are you not talking to me? It's, it's you. You're the problem. It's not me. That's what I do. It's in my head. That's what I do. Keep talking. He's <laughs> not even doing it. He's doing it. All right. Go ahead. Enjoy. All right. I'm Bill. Um, I'm supposed to say i got five minutes to do this. Just, I guess, staff awareness is a big term that doesn't really mean anything. Um, but it's a, for you to become aware of us. So my, I have a title, pastoral care coordinator. Um, I do not get paid for that title, um, but uh, I love what I, what I, what we've been able to do here um, from the beginning. Long story short, uh, for those of you with a background at Riverstone, Tom Tanner was my youth pastor back in the day. Um, that's how long I go back with this network and relationships. Um, so. Um, we went to Riverstone about four months after it was first started, and it was called something different then. We were with Riverstone at the Union Hall. We were at Riverstone at the very, when the new building opened, um, and then we moved to Stonebridge for about six years. Um, we lived in Smyrna the whole time, so every time they built a church that was closer to Smyrna, we moved there. Um, and then River City came open, and Josh said, you know, Josh had been told that we lived in Smyrna. Um, we had talked to some other church planners at different times who were trying to find places to, to go. And we said, what about Smyrna? And they were like, I don't know about Smyrna. So finally someone said Smyrna, and um, we said yes. So we've been here from the beginning. It's been good. Uh, I've enjoyed the opportunity to do what I've been able to do in a variety of different ways. But as pastoral care coordinator, I see myself first and foremost as a counselor. Um, I have an office off-site to provide those kinds of services for folks who need them, individuals, couples, families, um, as you need them. Um, we would love to help in that way. 
Um, I try to, you know, I try to visit folks in the hospital as needed um, when Josh and Sarah are, aren't available to do that. I've done that. Um, I enjoy that. Um, it's an awkward time, and I'm good with awkward. I'm good with I'm good with silences, as Josh can attest. Um, I don't have to fill the space, and sometimes people don't need that space filled. They just need somebody to sit there, and I can do that. Um, I work with Luke and Megan with uh, the youth stuff. I helped in the, in the fall with the Campbell stuff and kind of helping shepherd them, soundboard with them about what they're doing, how that's going, um, how we move forward with that. I'm going to help in that way as well. Um, long term, I'd like to develop some sort uh, of us to help with, with folks within the church and the community meet pastoral needs, um, counseling needs, lay ministry sorts of things. Um, train us to do that um, better because as more and more families come to River City um, it will be less and less able to be um, pastored solely through pastoral through the staff um, it's already approaching those kinds of numbers now so as more and more families come more and more of y'all will have to step up and serve some of those needs and I'd like to help that um, take place um, I'd like to see support groups meeting here um, in a variety of areas, whether it's, you know, an AA kind of thing, um, anger management, marital, you know, deals, all those kinds of things I'd love to have be able to run out of here for us and the community um, or us and the community um, blended together. Um, I think that's, we're, we're poised, we're positioned um, very well to help this surrounding community, and I hope to see that. Happen. Anything else? My role on the board. Uh, I'm on the Transformation Network board. Um, the, we're part of a network of churches started with Riverstone. Um, all of those churches, there's a board that sits kind of above them um, that offers advice and guidance and decision making in some ways. Um, we look at who's coming kind of up the church plant pipeline. Um, how are they ready? Are they ready? How, what do they need to get ready? Um, how can we help them strategize those kinds of things? Um, so that's good. Um, yeah, and we just planted a church recently. Not us, but and there's a few more coming. Not through us just yet, but soon. Thanks, Bill. Hi, buddy. <laughs> Best way to start a conversation with Bill is just to walk up to him and look at him. Do not say a word. You're already trapped if you start. So just stare at him. And if, if he talks first, then you won. It's not going to happen, but you'll be here for like seven weeks. We'll come back and be like, oh, they're still going at it. <laughs> I'm really thankful for Bill. He's, it's been cool to have people you like to hang out with, like on your staff. And um, we just like, we like doing stuff. We like similar kinds of music and such. He's decent at the radio game. I'm amazing at the radio game. I don't think anybody here has beaten me. Five seconds on a song, turn the channel, right? Get the band name, you win. I don't think you've beaten me yet. Shantae's been close. Been close. With the rap stuff. She gets all that, right? Raise your hand, Shantae. Y'all didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> awesome. So here we go. Father, I thank you that you communicate. God, I thank you that you're not a stagnant guy in a box, and there's not just a book written about you that we can just learn about you. You're a communicative God that speaks through nature, through people, through your word, through the Holy Spirit, through tough things, through life circumstances, but you speak, you speak. And so as we start today, God, we want to continue to just open up our ears and open up our hearts to believe one that you do want to share with us and that you're the initiator of the conversation. So we want to come in listening, God. We're not trying to recreate Christianity. You've been praying over us, this humanity, forever, for our forever. We want to come in listening. What do you desire, Lord? What is it that you're saying? Help us to not be trendy or this fad is all of everything. Help us to really hear what you're saying, God. And if some of those things are old paths, amen. If some of them are new, amen. Let us listen and obey. Let us be a group that listens and obeys and then transfers what you give us with wisdom 
and knowledge and without being complete idiots. Help us to bring light to the love of God. Help us to fulfill the call in John 17, the longest prayer you prayed about us being unified with people that we're different than, that don't even know you. Help us to be a part of the unification of this universal body that you're gathering together at the table of the Lord and saying, come and dine with me. Where we don't get to choose who sits there, we just get to love well. Help us to be that community that says, have a seat, sit with us. You have a place. Because that's the call. That's Jesus' message. That's why he came. And we just want to be that. We want to we hear from you and then move, God. And so we thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so um, a quick recap for you guys. We've been doing these things called pots and sots. I'm not going to get all into it again. If you, raise your hand if you understand what pots and sots are at this point. Raise your hand if you don't. Son of a nutcracker. Are you kidding me? All right, I'm going I'm to do it really quickly. So pots, prayers of the season. Everybody say prayers, prayers. of the season. Pots. Do you get it, the acronym? Okay, Re- Revelation 5, 8. There's bowls in heaven that are being filled, and at the appropriate time, they will be answered, okay? This is a metaphor. It's very cheesy. We do not care about that. These are our six prayers of the season as a church. These are not just rando things. These are things we're contending for in this season. There are pots. It's super cheesy looking. It was way cooler in my mind. I wish what was in my mind was here. It's not. This is what we got. Amen. So these are our six prayers of the season. Creating space. Everyone say creating space. You have to have this to walk with the Lord. Number two, RCC staff covering. We need you. Everybody say, I need you. We need you. Children's ministry and youth ministry. Everybody say, "Mm mm-hmm. Okay. Discipleship. All aboard the discipleship. (laughs) No? It's a big one. All aboard. (laughs) It's good. It's good stuff. Visible community transformation. We need to see what Jesus is doing out there happening because we're obeying and taking him out there, right? We're not trying to attract a bunch of other church people to our church. We believe people need Jesus. You got to take Jesus. Visible community transformation. Does that make sense? Financial surplus to give and to save. Good for you to know we've made our first payment on our jet. And so (laughs) that one's in the books. So that one's in the books. On a, on a serious note, we're really formulating what we want to see God do financially. We want to be a group of surplus. Like Bill said last week, we are not doing stupid things. We're not out trying to, we're not doing $10,000 mailers. We're really trying to go slow. And so that's why there's factory lights in here. We don't care. Anybody ever notice that there's factory lights in here? Does it bother anyone? It doesn't bother me. I like them, kind of. I don't really don't like them, but I'm saying that. So you let me say that. So... So pots, what are our pots? We've already seen movement on these. Um, We've already seen the Lord begin to answer these. You need to know that when he starts to answering, it's a big deal because some of you have prayed. You all threw your names in in these bowls because I asked you to own one, and I didn't make it really clear because three or four of you have said you didn't make that really clear. So I know that I didn't. So I asked that you would own one for a season. Just say, I'm going to own that. I'm going to own creating space. We're going to pray for that. We've already seen this. We started Night of Healing Prayer. We've got another Night of Healing Prayer coming up. It's amazing what God's doing. We have had another person approach me about starting just a day of prayer here and having people come and we're not like performing. It's not worship and prayer. That's a little bit cheating. You know what I'm saying? Just prayer. I had somebody approach me about that. RCC staff covering. I had somebody approach me about creating a shield for our staff, which is they want to set up a system where each staff member has a group of people from our church that's praying for that one person, and then every couple months, they actually all meet together. The staff person shares with them, and they pray over them. Pretty awesome, right? All from just this. Children's ministry and youth. Our children's ministry is, is awesome right now. I don't know if you guys notice what I'm doing here. You guys see what I'm saying? This is free. This whole thing I'm doing right now is free. You don't have to pay for this. The t-shirt, though, if you came yesterday, you got a free t-shirt. And if we would have said that previously, we'd have had a lot more kids volunteers which is why we didn't say that, okay? We have like 12 to 15 more volunteers. Guys, kudos to you. We have, we have close to 40, 40 volunteers. So amen, God's like doing some awesome stuff in the kids' ministry. We had 50 kids last week. For us, that's a lot. Like for a lot of churches, it's not. So um, God's answering that. Our youth, Campbell High School. Anybody in here from Campbell High School? Right, right, all right. Richard's a part of a group that meets in here on Thursdays where they do... A lot, you're not getting to talk right now, Richard. Richard, no, no, no questions right now. No, every time is not an opportunity for you to share with the whole group. 
You have a question. Ask your question. Do you count as staff? <laughs> sure. What the heck? I like you. <laughs> Do you count as staff? Oh, I love you. I love you. <laughs> so Richard meets here, and every other week they do one week of spiritual emphasis and one week of like, here's how you start into the job force, and here's how you create resumes for all these seniors from Campbell. And God's like, there's movement, discipleship. There's a lot of movement in our, in our life groups. We're starting a book together for anybody who wants to jump in. I'm not going to go through all of them, um, but you need to know that. And at the end of today, we're going to create space in this room for those of you who don't want to get to lunch really quick to worship, seek, pray for one another, and own this again, okay? And you're going to get a challenge today to have your own pots, okay? Now that you know what pots are, prayers of the season. I'm going to challenge that you would actually spend some time saying, Lord, I'm going to listen. What are you wanting me to pray for my family, my children, our future? What are you asking me to contend for right now? What in this season? Because it, usually it's kind of like, bada, 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 and we just grab a few things. What focal thing can you have that you say, me and my family, we're going after this? I want to see this happen, right? That's going to happen because 2016 for us, we, we feel like the Lord is saying discipleship. Um, we don't want to be... I mean, we want to grow, guys. Don't, don't hear me say the wrong thing. It's not about numerical growth, but you kind of need to grow. It's just not the emphasis. The emphasis should be discipleship, right? You should be growing. You should be growing so much inwardly, you know, the spiritual formation of your heart that it's coming out of you. And when that happens, disciples start making disciples. It's not you deciding, invite your friends. I love that you invite your friends, but that's not the goal of discipleship, to invite people to church, right? It's so that someone would become a disciple and start to live their lives for the Lord and like every part of it at work like Bill said creating space at work in your car on the on the field of whatever proverbial metaphorical real fields that you do that there so amen long intro but you need it right was that good James is that clarification station there you are he was like yeah the, nobody understood the pots can you say it softer or just go right in, ENFP? He's an ENFP for all of you guys that need to know. I'm not. Thank you, though. I love you. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit about prayer. First time we talked about meditation. We've been walking through the spiritual disciplines, and we're going to stay there because discipleship happens through the spiritual disciplines. A lot of you don't even know what those are, but you do them. Prayer, worship, right? Even solitude is a big deal. You know, Jesus goes away talk about um, fasting that's not one people like to talk about they like to talk about feasting you know like new testament all we do is feast right it's all resurrection in the new testament we don't have to die to anything right we can pray whatever we want well not really there's seasons of things that jesus wants to walk you through where you don't get what you want and that's good sometimes i promise some of you be married to a whole different person in this room and that would not be good amen or maybe it, maybe it would be <laughs> maybe i'm shooting myself in the foot so Prayer. Prayer is vast. Prayer is huge. Not a lot of people in American Christian culture are good at prayer. I'm throwing it right at myself as well as you. Many of you, as I start to talk about it, you kind of realize it's confusing. If you're honest with yourself, maybe you don't spend three hours a day like A.W. Tozer or walk the city in prayer for seven hours like pastors in England or maybe like Richard Foster's idea of prayer everywhere is so foreign to you that you're already like, let's, the towel's going in. I was really inspired last night on a fur bus. So <laughs> I was on a fur bus, but wait, I was on it with all the other pastors in our network, so it made it better. And I was talking to David, one of my close friends from the network, and David wakes up on Sunday mornings at 4.30 to walk to his church. A lot of you guys know David, just because he lives a mile and a half from the square, and on his walk, that's where he does his prayer. And he learned that in Scotland when it was four hours of darkness and the rest of the day was light. He couldn't sleep. And I was really inspired last night, putting words to someone's idea of praying. He gets up and walks from his house to the church. And as he sees certain things, he prays for certain things. He's like, when I get to this point, that's when I pray for all the other pastors. And I just thought that was really inspiring. I told him, I was like, man, that is really inspiring. And he downplayed it like David does. That's no, not inspiring. It's just what I do. I'm like, no, dude, that's inspiring. Just own it. Seriously. So, but a lot of us, like, prayer is really, like, overwhelming. Um, even, like, for people that are clergy, like, really overwhelming. And so as we start today, I just want to encourage you to start exactly where you're at. 
And I know a lot of people say, be like Jesus, but in this instant, I want you to be more like the disciples than Jesus. And in a few minutes, you'll see that the disciples have no clue, and they sit and just ask him, you know, how, how do we pray? They see him go off and pray, and then he comes back, and they're like, dude, how do we pray? And I want you to look at yourself like that. I want you to, if you want to just rate on a scale of 1 to 10 right now, 10 being you're communicating with God so beautifully right now he's speaking things to you that I'm about to say that's 10 one and zero is you feel like this really it's just non-existent I want you to just throw your are you what are you a one a four a ten a eleven a zero a negative two like a zero would be somebody that's like you've kind of thrown the towel it's not even worth it let's let's not even mess with prayer honestly like it's not it's pointless But I want you to kind of get in your mind just for a second. Just if you had to answer that question. This is a question I would ask at a life group, 100%. Bill would hate me asking it. Put the book down. One to ten. What are you, a seven, six? A five is someone who you feel comfortable praying. Maybe you know you could pray a lot more. A two is like, it's really uncomfortable. Maybe you pray when like you almost get in a wreck, right? Like those times. Maybe you pray when it hits the fan. You're like that guy. An, an eight is like, you just got a word for somebody. A little nervous to give it, but you're going to give it a little bit. Where are you at with prayer and communicating with God? Where are you at with listening? Does Just answer this question. Do you hear him? And you can fill that in with whatever, like actual audible. I was listening to a podcast last week about a guy who turned to atheism and then hears Jesus say, I was with you when you were eight and I'm with you today. And turns back. <laughs> He's Christian turned atheist turned Christian. That's the craziest story ever. But it was because, and he was a, he's a scientist, but he heard God, so all his friends don't believe him. But where are you at with it? Do you like, do you believe, do you believe that Jesus is speaking to you and wants to speak to you? It's a big, it's a big question to answer because if you don't believe that he wants to, then Christianity is really going to be difficult. It's not going to be something that you enjoy. It's going to feel like you're a, little, a lot lost a lot of the time. So, one to ten. Raise your hand if you have your number. (laughs) Somebody raising their number, they're like. (laughs) It's not me. All right, if you'll open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. While you're doing that, I've got to say the offering prayer we've been reading the last couple weeks is not my favorite prayer. I read it and I'm like, God, that's not my favorite prayer. It's not my favorite prayer, but I do believe in giving and generosity, but some of the language in it. So we're going to work on that, all right? <laughs> Is that vibing with anybody else when you read it? You're like, raise your hand if when you read it, you're like, well, <laughs> thank you. Okay, so it's not just me. All right, it's my fault it's up there, so you can blame me. All right, Jesus, speak to us through this passage. We love you. We love that this is your word, that it's active and alive. It's not just a book to show us facts, but it's the living, alive Jesus. It's a sword, more like a scalpel to be used on our own heart for surgical needs so today do that all right i'm going to read to you guys one day jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished one of his disciples said to him lord teach us to pray just as john taught his disciples he said to them when you pray say father hallowed be your name your kingdom come give us each day our daily bread forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, do not bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though He will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I'm going to give you another acronym because it just popped into my brain and they're so cheesy I got to do it. Ask, seek, knock is an acronym for ASK. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's the word within a word. Amen, right? That's free too, guys. You can take that with you wherever you want. We're going to start a youth ministry called ASK Youth Ministry. It's going to have like fire, a lot of fire in it. 
So, moving forward, I'm, I'm not going to keep you guys super late today, even, but if the Lord keeps you late, that's Him, not me. So I want to just start by saying this. You're already praying for things. So whether you know it or not, you're already praying for things. The way I know this is because when you really want something, you set something before you you really want, and you're here, and it's there, and you go after it, right? It's, it's what you do with everything already. And just, we don't know if those things are from the Lord, right? Like, you see it when you're younger, and how you approach dating, you jump at everything. Most of us do. We're like, oh, maybe, maybe, ooh, ah, and everything looks great, right? Everything's not great, right? And we have to know that. But we all have this desire in us that we already have these desires we want. It's just whether or not those desires are actually from the Lord, right? And for some of them, you don't even have to have effort. And I think it's also interesting that whoever we fix our gaze on, if it's a person or a thing, that thing will begin to tell us what to crave, whatever that is. So it creates this, when we have something that we look to or at, or if it's fashion, like today in Christianity, it's fashion. It's, we're so, fa- we're the most fash- fashionable people on the planet, and that's just weird to me. Like Christian culture now has taken this huge shift, but we get this thing fixated in our mind, and, and without even knowing it, the thing that we fixate on tells us what to crave, and we go after those things. When I was growing up, my brother was, um, he was just a stud. He's still a great guy, stud, star athlete, he went to a Christian school. He got this fraternity. Like, he became president of the fraternity at Lee University. I just thought that was the coolest thing. I would show up, and it was back when you could still hit each other with paddles at a Christian school, and we did, like, all the time. It was beautiful. Um, somebody got hurt, put in the hospital. They had to stop. Um, but I remember showing up and hanging out with my brother, and, like, I, I thought it was the he, Like, on campus, he was the man. Like, I, it was the, the fraternity that everybody wanted to be in at this time, not even that those are cool. And if I had to go back, I probably would not join a fraternity. I would just want to kind of meet the people who aren't fraternities. But at that point, I wanted to be him. I wanted to be super athletic. I wanted to be president of Chi, Alpha Gamma Chi, 60 people strong, you know. We're Chi till we die. We wear the burgundy and gray. We're stuff we can't even talk about. And I show up at Lee University, and I literally kind of become all those things even and I shouldn't have been president I'm just going to be honest with you all they were voting and I was like are you guys for sure you want to do this (laughs) I had this like guy fixated in my mind that I wanted to be so much like and that like the yearnings helped me do that so what what I love about the disciples in this passage they're definitely fixated on a guy because they're following him around through mountains and valleys and in this passage kind of the fruit of their fascination with him starts to pull out of them some things he's the guy they're actually craving to be like and so they sit down and and they ask him how do we pray and my favorite part about this passage is rarely ever preached just because it's too simple and it's this I don't think that we're supposed to copy the Lord's prayer and like it's beautiful if you have a four-part system worked out and each of these facets you pray about and I'm not saying that's wrong But I'm saying the most beautiful part about this passage is that this group of dirty, nasty guys are sitting around Jesus and everyone's mouth is shut and they're listening. And sometimes the most simple things about Jesus are the biggest and best things and preachers look for the nugget to be like, oh, I was talking about this with James. Like, We want to be like, look at this beautiful nugget I found. I'm going to create a series and we're going to spread it. And it's the simple stuff. It's dudes sitting around Maybe that's not the prayer he would tell you to pray. Not that this is wrong, like the Bible's right, but maybe in your, if you sit down and say, Jesus, teach me how to pray, maybe there's a little variant in it that he speaks to you. And maybe the essence of this whole passage is sit down and be quiet and know that he is there and listen. And maybe he gives you a fort part, something that you're supposed to have, and maybe you're not supposed to like write a book about it and make everybody read it and know that that's the four things to prayer. Maybe that's just for you now does that make sense and maybe this prayer is that yes we want to do that we want God to be honored above all and yes we want him to provide for all of our daily needs amen but what if the most important part is the part that's super simple stop your life and listen sit the best thing these guys do is admit that they don't know how to do stuff they're like a zero on the prayer of 10 and they're upset when he stops to pray maybe you're two And maybe right now you're not supposed to dive in more. Maybe you're just supposed to sit more and say, Father, speak to me. Show me your voice. What are you asking me to pray for? We have kids. 
You have kids. You have people you love. Nobody's going to pray for those people, the prayers that are in your heart for those people. Nobody's going to pray for my kids like I can pray for my kids. Nobody's going to pray for you like I can pray for you in the way that I am. The same for you. There are these like echoing things like hallowing in the heavens that I just believe that if we slow down enough and listen, he says, here, Justin, I'm asking you to partner with me in this. I want you to co-labor with me. Contend for this for a season. Watch what I do. Like, watch what I stink and do. One year ago yesterday was the day we walked around this building. First time, Leslie told me. And it was the day we, we were told you'll never be in here, right? I told you guys that. You'll never be in here. We're here. Jesus is bigger than you'll never be in here, right? Not that this is everything, but he answers prayers when we pray them. But the trick is you have to pray prayers that he wants you to pray, Okay? It's not like a friend of mine just posted a thing on Facebook last night that said, if you can sum up in Christianity in R. Kelly's song, I Believe I Can Fly, then something is wrong. I believe I can fly, I believe I can touch the sky. Like That's pretty much the mantra of a lot of Christianity. Ask what you want, get what you want, do what you want. No, we mourn together, we love together. There's a thing called the prayer of relinquishment. Who knows what the prayer of relinquishment is? Anyone? Y'all about to get learnt. Oh, snap. The prayer of relinquishment is the prayer that Mary had to pray, the prayer that Jesus had to pray. Jesus prays in Matthew 26 when Jesus says, if you can take this from me, take it. But if not, nevertheless, your will be done and not mine. And there's a lot of us that need to learn the prayer of relinquishment because there are things we're still contending for that already have the answer, right? I'm not saying God wants you to be sick. I'm not saying that. I'm saying God wanted Mary to birth a son, which meant that she was going to have to tell people and they were going to have to deal with the fact that this woman had an encounter sexually, must have been sexually, because she has a baby in her belly, which she was probably like, no. Jesus had to sweat blood because I guess he didn't want to do it. Or why would he pray it three times, right? Like, Take it from me, Lord. <laughs> no. And at the end of the day, like the battle cry of our heart has to be, and it already is, my will be done. Like that's what we scream when we wake up, my will be done. But it has to become the battle cry of the Lord's heart, which is, nevertheless, your will be done. We would not even be in this church right now, Sarah and I, if we hadn't walked through a prayer of relinquishment. Salary, anything people knew about us, basically from from a position to nothing. The prayer of relinquishment went the opposite direction of prosperity gospel. Like we were doing backwards prosperity. It's a whole new cool thing. It's going to start soon. BP, that's what they're calling it. It's where you lose everything. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Prayer of relinquishment, right? Like, and you'll be thankful, right? I'm thankful that Jesus decided because Jesus could have got up and walked away. Do you know that? He was, he, he didn't, he was not being controlled he could have said, all right, this is too heavy. I'm stinking sweating blood. <laughs> like, that's a good prayer to be like, God, I don't know if you notice, I'm sweating blood. This is not normal, right? Relinquishment is saying, I'll sweat blood for you. I know this is your will. I will do this, even if it doesn't mean that I'm going to be famous, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to have breath in my lungs in a day. But the other side of a prayer of relinquishment is resurrection. And resurrection is beautiful. But things have to die for something to be resurrected, do they not? And thank you, Jesus, that you relinquished your will so that we can have you or we wouldn't even be here. The old school preacher, like, doing the leg kick thing. I'm all about to do that. They listen to him. So, for you, like, as you're starting into this this year, I see you. I see you as a people who are contending for the things of God. I see maturity in you when the Lord says no. No, just for you to know, like the super spiritual prophetic person, and I'm, I love that, that does not mean that you're mature. Maturity is when someone smacks you in your mouth and you don't smack them back. According to the word, maturity looks like unity. Yes, it's mature to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. Those are beautiful things, but that is not the label of maturity. In fact, sometimes it's the exact opposite, and you need to be weary or wary. Something. So for you this year, and I'm going I'm to try and get this to you, start, start, start the, this, this process of communication. If you're not praying for anything, start. 
somewhere. Even if where you're somewhere is, is like it feels terrible, start. Like be an A, B, C, D, E, F, G guy. When people in Christianity want something, they look at Jesus and they're like, why is everyone not like Jesus? When people need to be taught and they need to learn from A to B, we had this conversation. Jordan's a big picture guy and, and we're gifted to have him in our church where we go well together. He does a lot of the big picture sometimes, and I'm like, well, A, then B, and then C. Jordan, when we started life groups, he was like, here's Ryan Vision. There's seven people in the church. We're going to meet seven times a week. <laughs> Remember this conversation? He's got a graph. We're going to do a this night, this night, this night, and we were like, at the end of the day, we're like, well, that's awesome. That sounds like where God's taking us. How do we do now, though? We have one service. Like, we have a church service. We figure out who's even here. Some of you need to know with prayer, like, you're where you're at. That's not enough to say it's not worth it. This is the curveball pressure. Do you love what God's gifted you with? Do you love your kids? Do you love your parents, your families? No one's going to pray those prayers for them, right? No one's going to contend that they do the things of the Lord. No one's going to do that for you. There's not like this random guy waiting to be like, who are your kids? I'll take care of that. It's no biggie. I got your kids. You go and do what you want to do. Watch Netflix for like 11 hours tonight. Watch all the Sherlock's, a little bit of Luther's. There's a good show. No one's going to do that. So even do the scientific method. Like you can get scientific with prayer. Some of y'all are like, I'm out of here, buddy. I'm totally out of here. No, you can test it. Try it, right? Like try it out. Try praying for someone for a week. Try, look at Shantae and envision her. Like a, Richard Foster's imaginative prayer. Like envision her like just like passionately dancing in the spirit of the Lord. Like look at her face. <laughs> Look at a situation of a family, you know, like that, that is falling apart right now and imaginatively pray with Jesus. This is what I love to do and just see them coming back together. See the Holy Spirit filling their house and them saying, all right, see someone who is super depressed, like being energized by the presence of God and realizing who they are. See one of your kids that are struggling in school, like finally grasping things, like see someone who's sick becoming whole. I pray, Jason, I pray this prayer for you all the time, bro, like I'll be honest with you. I pray all the time, imaginatively, 100% radical healing for you. All the time. I imagine it and see it. You're here today. You're alive. God is already doing cool things for you, bro. He's already working in your behalf. But we want to see 50 of us imaginatively praying and seeking this for Jason and his whole family. Complete restoration. Even better than it was before. Because you have more work to do. You know, you have more in you. You're a disciple of the Lord. But we have to start to pray. No one's going to pray your prayers. So really quick. And five through nine, it gives you a bit of a story. And we think the story is to beat down the door, right? Like we've heard that prayer, like you beat down the stinking door. You pray, you beat the door down. That's not what it's saying. There's, a, there's poetry a lot of times in scripture. And what this is saying, there's a lot of times two ways to write. One way is to say, what I'm sharing with you is exactly like this. That's not what this is. This is saying what I'm sharing with you is the opposite of this. So it's saying, imagine a neighbor that if you went over and did that, and they all lived in one room, like all that stuff. They all lived in one room. There's 11 kids in the floor. They all had 11 kids for some reason. It's better in the story if you do it like that. And somebody had to step over dirt and a stove. They didn't have stoves, but whatever they cooked on. And, and imagine if you did that. That guy does not want to wake up because his kids are asleep. And it's, but because of your persistence, right, because of that, if you, he will get up. God's not like that, okay? That's not like God. He's saying, that would be the worst case scenario of God, right? He's not that way. When you pray and ask and seek and knock, be like children and expect that what you pray will receive an answer, right? Unless you're praying like they do in James chapter 4, which I didn't even read, where it's not about what the Lord wants. But if you're praying the prayers that God is leading you, stuff for your family, he's not like super ticked off, like I'll freaking get up, dude. I just said that, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who's gonna forgive me for what I just said? The rest of you are not Christians because <laughs> forgiveness is in Christianity, somebody told me. He's not, you don't have to. So the one that's like, we're gonna stay up all night, we're gonna freaking beat down the door of God. That's not God. God's like, just ask me, bro. I love you like you're my kids. I want, and even that version is better than some of our versions, right? Because if I knew that, I'd be, I'd be over there all the time. I'd be like, dude, we need more finances at our church. I know you don't want me to knock, but you're going to get up because according to Luke 11, it says to over pursue you. 
No, Josh, it doesn't say that. It says that I'm better than that. And that when you pray, especially the prayers of the kingdom, that I'm speaking to you and sharing with you, especially the things about daily needs, like what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, like these natural things, I am going to provide them. No one else is going to pray your prayers. So come to me like a kid and know that I'm going to answer. Ask, seek, knock, and curveball. If you do not receive an answer, yet you pray it out of the right hard heart, right hard heart, <laughs> He's answering your prayer. I don't care what the theology in your brain just said. If you don't get the answer and you know you prayed from a place, I prayed, Jason, my, my version of you looked a little different than the way things have gone. I'll be honest. He's answering our prayer because I prayed out of the right heart. I want to see the Lord do it and I believe in, in, in relation to what the word of God says, he answers that prayer. So whether you see what you want to see, he answers the prayer. And sometimes the exact answer you get is what you actually need and not what you prayed. So it's not his job, but that doesn't mean don't pray. He's just going to give you what you want. You have to contend for things in your life, right? Like your future, your family, your friends, your church. God, this is hard. You have to pray for your church. I mean, and you are, but you have to pray for your church. You got to pray for me. You got to pray for my wife. You got to pray for the other staff. We're all idiots that are just a few decisions away from being on CNN or Fox News, right? That's all of us. So we need your covering because we're just like you. We need your prayers. Pray for us. We are going to pray for us, but it's way better when you pray for us. I can sense when someone's praying for me. I can tell on Sunday morning when someone's already prayed for me. Preaching's way better always really good but it's like phenomenal when you guys are praying <laughs> super good so man i missed like five of my really favorite things i wanted to share with you guys but i'm not going to do that too. i'm just going to go challenge for you today okay what is your view of god is he the neighbor sleeping with all his kids he really loves that he doesn't want to wake up the christians is he that because that's not who he says if that's him you have to interact with that view is your view of God the one that really wants to answer your prayers? Is your view of God a God that can say, you're praying the wrong prayer, relinquish it? Is your view of God, can you hear him say that? That's not healthy if you can't hear him say no. If you can't hear God, if, if everything that you think that you want should just be given, that's not a healthy view of God. You don't want that, right? Because we're like spiritual kids and, and Lathy would eat 11 pumpkin pies before we got home today and throw up all over the place. He doesn't want you throwing up all over everybody. So relinquish it too, prayer of relinquishment. Is there something that you've already really been wanting that it's like time to move past? It's like time to say, I'm relinquishing it. Nevertheless, your will be done. But I mean, pray the prayer like Jesus said, God, if you can take this from me, take it, but nevertheless, your will be done. And maybe on the other side of it, there's resurrection. That'd be so beautiful. James, if you, if you guys wanna go ahead, who's, who's helping with worship right now? You guys want to come up? If you look under your seats at the end, um, Chris, I think you have it over here. Pass those down. The only reason I made these for you guys is because we're taking our kids out of town um, today, and I'm going to sit down with my kids tonight, and I'm going to ask them to come up with prayers of the season. I mean, there are three novice prayers are going to be, like, super crazy. But start them young, you know? Like, what do you want to see God do this year? I think, personally, that you should have something that you're contending for. I think that if, you, if you're not involving him on what you want to see, then you can do everything in your life on your own, and that's probably not the best. It's definitely not his best. And so as you look at this sheet, what I'd love for you to do, I'd love for you to think about a space that can be created for you to say, I want to know what you want me contending for, right? For your life, and be able to actually point to him. Be able to say, Father, I love that our church can point to six bowls and say, God, I want to see you answer these. I want to see these things overwhelmingly answered. I want to see so much financial surplus that we can, like, send missionaries. We can help people adopt by paying, like, their whole thing. Like, I, that would be so stinking awesome if somebody said, I need to adopt, I don't have any money. And we're like, oh, well, we got, like, tons of money. We have a spiritual money tree. Let me cut some off here's $30,000 because that's roughly how much it costs to adopt. Or a missionary, like what if we had surplus like that? What if we had like a wardrobe? Just kidding. <laughs> I heard about a French church who has a wardrobe fund. 
That's awesome. Lee, not going to happen here, ever. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so look at your sheet, and they're going to they're gonna lead us in worship for a little bit. This is a space. This is a safe space for you to interact with your king. It's a safe space for you to slow down. It's a safe space for you to ask questions. And it's a really safe space to interact with the fact maybe you don't believe God wants to speak. But just maybe for a little bit you'll say, I'll hand that to someone else for a little bit and just I'll create a little space. Father, what are you speaking to me? And let him lead you, right? Like let him lead you today. Let him speak into you today. Sarah, if you want to come up really quick. Um, in, in your, on your sheet, um, you guys have one? No? Somewhere over here. They're hiding. I don't need one. Um, but I would, I would say, can, can you guys just own one of these? And maybe you already did, but, and I would say to own it in such a way where you, you personalize it. You say, I want to see this happen. Creating space. This is biblical prayer. Creating space. This is Psalm 91. This is Psalm 1. This is all through Isaiah. This is creating space to be with your creator. You own it for our church and say, this is our whole church. We're believing people will hear from you, create space, be healthy, that they would be like trees next to rivers of living water, that they would see fruit come out of their lives. So I say own one of those that's on your sheet and then your, your personal pots and sots. And I'm not explaining that again if you came in late. Father, I thank you. Um, I thank you for our community. I thank you that we get to search for you and seek after you and knock and you, you actually answer and open and, and you dine with us. You say, sit at my table. This table was made for you to dine with me and I just thank you, Lord, that we can do that today. As they start in a minute, Sarah's going to share with you an opportunity for you to kind of jump into discipleship as a community with us, if you want to. You have a mic? Okay, I'm just going to read this to you guys. Um, this is one of my favorite songs. He makes beautiful things out of the dust. Do you know that song? From dust we come and dust we go. Lent reminds us that for however full of ourselves we get, for how bad or good we think we are, we are holy dust. And that we are dust that makes us not less or more important than what we have been fashioned to be. We have received life from the very breath of God, being knit and fashioned by his creative and intentional hands. And as our chests rise and fall with new life, we are already becoming exactly who we need to be, sons and daughters. That is enough. Lent reminds us that the breath we have been given has cost much and will cost us much too. Lent becomes the time to move deeper into that costly place, to open up doors, to closed rooms, to surrender, to grow, to find deeper freedom. The Christian calendar beckons us into the cycle of spiritual life, into a moving continuum of second, third, and thousand chances. At the season of Lent, which is the 40 days leading up to Holy Week, the week prior to Easter, we imitate Jesus' withdrawal into the desert for a time of prayer and fasting. We are beckoned, as Jesus was, by the Spirit. We are led into this quiet, sacred place by our own giving up. And so, Lent is traditionally associated with fasting. For centuries, Christians have used this season as a time to purge their lives of anything that might hinder their devotion to Christ. The idea that we put to death the deeds of the body so that we might have new life in Christ. This kind of language is offensive. It sounds religious. It sounds old school. But we forget that in order for resurrection to happen, something must die. And so during Lent, we enter this cycle of life, death, resurrection. We go willingly. We're not coerced or forced. The call to freedom beckons us. So whether Lent is new for us or if we're doing it again, if we're having another time to study the state of our souls and decide what we must let go, we decide for 40 days we're going to open our hands. And so, guys, on Wednesday begins the season of Lent. And some of you this is new. For some of you this is old. For some of you this is something you did as a kid you never want to do again. And so this is not something you have to do. Um, for me, the Christian calendar is an opportunity to create space. 
And so I actually crave this season because I have so much stuff in my life that I just really need to get away from right now. And so the idea of going into the desert time, even though that's going to be hard, really sounds good to me. And so if you want to go there with, with me, with a group of us, we're going to be reading this book called Sacred Rhythms. I mean, it's just all about spiritual formation. And I would love for those of us that want to journey together to do this book together and to talk about it and to meet up and sort of form our own spiritual formation group and just go deep, just go deep together and to believe that as we throw away the deeds of the flesh, that the spirit becomes more alive. And I just need that right now. I don't know. If I, I don't think I'm the only one. We have all these like big ideas when January comes, right? We're like, we have all these New Year's resolutions, and then by February, we're already pooped. <laughs> like, oh, we can't do it. And that's why Lent comes at the right time, because we can just allow the Spirit to breathe new life into us. So we'll put some of this stuff on social media so you guys can get the information. Yeah, so if, if you guys will stand. Um, again, this is going to be a time for you to just kind of seek the Lord for those of you who want that space. Um, I will give you your last challenge this week. If you feel like you have some personal prayers that you feel comfortable sharing with the community, post them on the prayer wall, and we'll contend with it for you and with you. I don't care if there's 130 of them on there. Um, for now, interact with the Lord. This space will be a space where we allow people to seek the Lord. If you want to have fun, loud conversations, we want that. Just do it next to the coffee or in the lobby and leave this space for people. Amen. Father, you're welcome here. You're welcome to speak. We give you space. We want you. We need you. We love you. In Jesus' name, I thank you for our church. I thank you for our, the beautiful mixture of eclectic people. I thank you that your presence is here and it's sensed and it's appreciated and needed. Be with us as we, as we move and go into the week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.